Welcome to Adequate Yearly Progress, Episode 13. My name is Erin Sterling, and I'm the librarian at Eckstein Middle School in Seattle, Washington. Every episode, I interview a different teacher and find out why they became a teacher, what they like about it, and what they don't like about it. In this episode, I interview Paul Cavender, another friend of mine who works with me at Eckstein Middle School. Some of my teacher friends have called him Papa Bear because of his big heart, goofy nature, general likability, and ability to connect with students, often at their level. Paul is also an incredibly smart Renaissance man who can wax poetic on any number of topics, while also offering practical advice and handy tools to fix things around school that need to be fixed. Listen to Paul talk about why he stopped being a chef to become a teacher who has taught everything from high school biology and math to middle school language arts and social studies, and how to avoid teacher burnout. All right, let's go. Hi, Paul. I'm glad you're on my show. For everyone listening, this is Paul Cavender. He is a social studies teacher at Eckstein Middle School with me, and I'm glad you're here. So, Paul, could you tell me about yourself and why you became a teacher? Um, well, first of all, no, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Um, well, about me, I'm a second-generation satellite, born and raised here. I am currently at Eckstein Middle School with you. And actually grew up only for the most of my life about 20 blocks north from here and only about seven blocks south. I did not attend Eckstein. I am a product of the Seattle Public School System, and maybe that's why I'm a little crazy, and that's still okay. <laughs> um, so that's me. Um, I went to University of Puget Sound in Tacoma. I almost flunked out. In fact, I never really graduated. I was <laughs> wow. two classes short. Um, so that's actually started my first career of becoming a chef. I went to culinary school. was a chef for about eight years. Um, got burned out. And then I went back to school because I decided I wanted to be a teacher. And the only reason I decided that was two reasons. Jokingly, I say I wanted my summers off. <laughs> um, personally, it was for... Um, I said if I ever won the lottery and I had all the money, I didn't have to work, I'd probably be volunteering in high school. And since I rarely play the lottery, so I haven't won it, I decided, <laughs> why don't you make it your profession? So that's how cool. and why I decided to become a teacher. And had you studied history in college before you didn't graduate? <laughs> or like, what made you decide to do? Because you have a language arts and social studies endorsement? Actually, I Or have... do you just have... I just have a social studies endorsement as oh, well okay. as a middle school humanities endorsement. Oh, okay. Fair. So I could not teach uh, language arts in high school. Only okay. in, but in middle, middle school, school can. I can. Gotcha. Which, due to the logic of our system, <laughs> does not really make sense. Um, funny thing is, I was a history buff all through school and high school, but I, I'm not going to get too deep because this is not a therapy session. Um <laughs> Pressure from, I thought pressure from my father. He wanted business, and so I did not. So I found a happy medium. I did economics, um, which probably is why I burned out and didn't graduate on time. Um, <laughs> that being said, I'm a self-taught historian. I read a lot. And so when I went back to school to get my endorsement, it's like, well, I'm economics. It counts for social studies, but I'll do the entire history stuff. So right, right, because that was your passion. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, and what do you like about teaching? Besides the summer's off, I'm being <laughs> totally serious. Um, no. History to me is, and it doesn't history, but I should say teaching to me, sorry, is the working with the kids. Partly, I wasn't 
it's oh man I didn't think I'd become a middle school teacher because I wanted this ooh intellectual feedback lean on me movie slash um, <laughs> Stand Deliver. Deliver. <laughs> yeah you know I was like yes I am that person I am that genius and I can motivate these kids and I am a bleeding heart white liberal so I can change the world I'm from Seattle for God's sakes um but it's it's still that aha moment that when you're teaching whatever subject it is and your kid struggles and then click, you really can see lights go on. It is a physical change in there. Just look and you're like, yes. For kids of all ages or is that – do you see that more in middle school? I see it – well, I've never taught elementary. Right. So I don't know. Um but I see it definitely in middle school, and I definitely see it in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, middle school, as we say, you know, I'm going to say it on the podcast. They're my seventh graders, and they're my twits. They're <laughs> supposed to be a twit. Their brain is shut off. So, but they still get this aha moment. Mm-hmm. And so, it's pretty cool. And did you do your student teaching in middle school, or have you taught high school and middle school? I've taught high school and middle school. Mm-hmm. I did. I was wanted to be that high school teacher. And so I did my student teaching at Franklin High School. And then did you get hired elsewhere? Like, because I feel like you've worked elsewhere. I've, and I'm trying to remember. I know that we're friends. I got, I've forgotten your whole No, it's okay. Um, I was never really hired for a job. This is the funny thing. <laughs> of uh, course you weren't. You didn't graduate from college. And apparently you weren't hired. No, well, I finally no, went back and got my degree um, <laughs> at $6,000 uh, for two classes. Um, thank you. Yes. Um, where's Brown for me? Um, the point, though, oh, is I started doing subbing. Uh-huh. I got my certificate in roughly December of 2005. Uh-huh. Really started looking for work um, Oh six, My mom passed away that year, so I was mm-hmm. kind of, you know, taking some time. And in '06. I had like one interview and I started to sub and I got called down for a sub job at Rainier Beach High School on, I know the date, October 13th. It was a Friday because Friday the 13th, no, there's no omen. It was also the day that teachers get off workshop day. So they hired, they paid for me to come down and take a look and to hire you. No, just to see if I'd do the sub job. And because I would, would have been their sixth teacher in six weeks. Their first teacher lasted four weeks and then got the job he really wanted at Roosevelt High School and left our students there. And so they went through five teachers in two weeks. And was it a long – they were looking for a long-term sub yeah. then? Okay. they were looking for a long-term sub. They really needed someone to stay there. And I sat there, looked at it, and said, you know, this was my call and this is what I wanted to do. Let's Let's do this. And I also thought to myself, you know, I've took biology twice in college. I can do this. I failed it the first time, but I mastered it the second time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did not master, but I did well. I passed. Um, so I said, let's do it. And so I started there, and I got a long-term contract. Great. But it doesn't guarantee position next year. I'm not even endorsed in it, so they can't really even hire me. Mm-hmm. I then um, didn't get a job, applied to other places, applied even at Rainier Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, for the next it. year? For the next year for okay. history okay. and did not get it, oh, um, even though I increased their lossal passage of science by uh, from one pass to 15 pass. Um, that's besides the point. No bitterness. <laughs> We're glad you're Chris. here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, and then 
I was looking for work again and then took a long-term job at um, Aki Kurosi, which okay. is a middle school, yep. um, another southeast school, um, and was doing math. And, like, I took calculus in college. I failed that, but I took calculus. Uh, I can do this middle school math. And I even ended up taking the um, – getting endorsed in it. Not endorsed, but passing the test. At the time, it wasn't the West E. It was known as the – oh, it began with a P. I don't know what it was. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, the test you need to pass. So I passed that. And the next thing I know, I get a contract in the mail from our HR saying, you have a job. Because they're stupid enough down in HR to think I'm now endorsed. So I get a contract. I'm like, For Aki to be the math teacher. Math teacher. I become pseudo-department head. I become um, leader with the vice principal and our math coach, and we're going to transform. Also, I was given a student teacher for math. Even though I'm not endorsed, I've never been trained to teach math. So the two of us had a blast trying to teach these kids. It was chaos. Teaching a subject the first time around. You fail miserably, no matter how well you know the subject, because you don't know what you're doing. And then I got displaced. The principal, in a sense, let me go, though she could have just not rehired me. But she messed up, so they had to put me in the displaced pool, which meant I get guaranteed a job for two years. So I'm displaced, and then I got placed at West Seattle High School, and it was for... 10 weeks. This is a very long story. You may edit this out, but that's okay. Oh, no, okay. it's, it's um, interesting. Because for 10-week gig for a woman going on FMLA, teaching U.S. history, world history, and psychology, I ended up staying there for 16 weeks okay. and then convinced them to let me stay for two weeks as a building sub um, to the end of the semester. And then I took over for a teacher for two classes for an entire semester, and I got paid full-time for teaching two classes. I was like in college. You were, it was you were awesome. like one of those stories. <laughs> yes. And it was juniors and seniors, what I've always wanted to taught and had a great time. Well, everyone got laid off, got pink slipped, except if you were displaced. And I didn't know what was happening. And then, Is that because of school shrunk or what? Yeah, no, what happened is um, we had a budget shortfall that year. And oh. at West Seattle, every single language arts teacher except one was given was given a pink slip. And they have to do it in May, and so that happened on Thursday, and so pretty much every everyone was gone on Friday because it was devastating. So if everyone's gone, then do they just hire whole new teachers? No. What or- usually happens is when you are um, rift, as it's called, reduction in force, um, it's district-wide. They just start – they go from the top, and so every school starts. And usually what happens, though, is I would say roughly 90 to 95% are hired back. The principal fights for them because they're, you know, they're good teachers. Mm-hmm. It's just that, oh, you only they, have two years experience. because they're the latest on the yeah. – Oh, yeah. okay. So the, a lot of the teachers at West Seattle were just newer. Younger, yeah. And the whole district. I, yeah. I, I see, okay. So Versus that, displacement yeah. where there are positions. It's just your schools right. have shrunk. Yeah, totally. And so for me, I was like protected even though I had less teaching experience than some of those teachers. And so I felt really bad. So I kept quiet. And then emailed, and the next day there was a contract, and I quickly signed it because I need cash um, for my summer off. Um, and then turned into getting placed at Eckstein. And then okay, so you signed the contract, and then but they, you didn't have then a job. They gave then me a call. Had. Yeah, then they gave me a call and said you got two choices, you know, McClure or Eckstein. And I said I know one teacher at Eckstein and Bruce Peterson, and so I'll go work with him. And so here I am. And that was, I just figured out, I'm on my sixth year. I'm starting my sixth year at Eckstein. 
So. And what do you like about middle school compared to high school? I know you talked a little bit about the aha moment, although I think that could maybe apply to all. So, so what has what has made you stay despite your dream being the stand and deliver? <laughs> <laughs> um, one reason I've stayed is the staff here is amazing. The camaraderie, the individual efforts. Granted, we've talked in the past that sometimes when group think occurs it can kind of be negative but it's still individually and maybe this is me i get along with everyone and so i admire pretty much everyone sometimes i may not appreciate what they've done in this one unit or whatever but you know we've all been there i've got other stories i could tell um (laughs) another podcast another podcast for (laughs) bad teacher um the thing is is that middle school is another challenge, but it's also a time, and I, I learned this from a very new teacher, um, Marie Quist, who said that the reason middle school is so important is the last chance to really get to a kid, to make them want to stay. Mm-hmm. And that's really affected me. And I've always believed truly that to be a better person for humanity, you must impact two lives. Because if you only impact one, you just replace yourself. You don't better society. If you impact two people, then at least you've added to it. Mm-hmm. And that's been a kind of a philosophy for me for years. Cool. So, yeah. Do you tell your students that? In high school. You should tell them in middle school. No, because they're too dumb. <laughs> Remember. You might reach one of them. One of, that's true. <laughs> no, that's two true. of them. Two you might reach two. <laughs> I guess. No, I, I should. And I think, you know, I always, you know, I, mean, I always tell them this, is that they're all very intelligent. They're just not smart. Because smart people use their intelligence. <laughs> I heard once the phrase, hire a teenager while they still know everything. <laughs> yes, that is so true. Thought, like, oh, that's right. Because every year I'm like, I don't know anything. And there's so much to learn. Well, you know, the when Mark you're 13, you're like, I already know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. You know the Mark Twain quote? Which one? He says, when I was 14, my dad was the stupidest man in the world. <laughs> when I turned 21, I was amazed by how much he had learned in seven years. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll add that to my quote list. <laughs> Um, so you kind of talked about when you were first thrown into teaching subjects that you weren't even endorsed in, that it was kind of chaotic. What, what made that early challenge for you besides just not being endorsed in the subject, but even when you first started teaching middle school, like what were some early challenges and how did you deal with them? Um, subject wise, it's not, I mean, I'm also a really good BSer. So if my wife hears that, she'll be nodding constantly because I retain enough information to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. And I got enough charisma and um, forcefulness is a nice word, I guess, um, that is, oh, yeah, he's that makes sense. Yeah. The world is flat. Yes. Um, So for that. So the content's fine. Content is, that's it. And and the content, the topics I was teaching, I was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I said, I was really good at math. I right. did take calculus. Second semester, I failed miserably because I wasn't prepared. I know biology. I watch enough science programs. I've seen surgeries. I love it. I you mean, absorb information. Right. You like learning. Well, so I can do it. What is the biggest issue for any teacher is management. They say what is more important, content or management? It truly is management because if you really want to know content, 
for all these great pod um, pod listeners of this podcast, <laughs> you learned your content later at the very end in high school and all in college. It's the skills that you took to learn the content that is what we're trying to give you. I mean, I tell people now is that I really don't care if kids go to college, but when they to, um, decide to go, they're ready to go and become be successful. Mm-hmm. That is, that's me. I mean, that's what I'd like. So is there anything that helped you develop management procedures? I'm still working on that. <laughs> well, we all are. No, yeah, but my class at times is very chaotic, and sometimes I can't control them. I'm not like some of our teachers who are rule with an iron fist. Um, I'm a big goofball. I'm a little bit crazy as well. I look at the kids, and no matter how mad I get at them, 99% of the time I start to laugh because what they've done is so stupidly funny. And it's like, oh, I've been there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, and no matter how much you call parents, email parents, send them outside, some kids don't get it. And you're like, okay. So you just work at it. And you try and find other ways. And I'm slowly learning about it. I mean, as one teacher, one administrator was talking to one student and says, if you get kicked out of Mr. Cameron's class, you've really messed up because he's got the <laughs> highest tolerance. And it's usually because I'm just too too lazy to deal with it right now. It's like, <laughs> what are you going to do? And I'm you know, I'm learning that it's kind of a de- you know, detriment to other students because it's the whole you know, you teach the class right. at times. So. Well, and I think I think sometimes the struggle is that, like, if kids are just goofing off, you can kind of write it off or deal with it. Yeah. But it's when kids start to do, you know, like, really mean things or just, like, underhanded things where it's like, oh, we have to actually deal with this. Yeah. It, because of the other students and because of setting an example. Totally. And that part, I think, is sometimes hard, like, what the line is because it's always like, oh, I'm joking. Oh, yeah. And totally. Where do you draw that? Right. I don't really know all, all the time. Because sometimes they are joking. We joke around with our friends. My friend, you know, we make fun of each other. But, but like, at what point is it right, because you should be doing that? In middle school, you know. And it's behaviors. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's sad is that they're also, you're like, man, I was the biggest dork in middle school. And for the longest time, they called me the God boy because I was arguing religion with a science teacher about nothing. Cause he says before there was not, cause before there was something, there's nothing and nothing is something. I'm like, but no, it says this in the Bible and God and duh. And I'm new to the school too. That's the middle school and no one knows me. And I've got the bowl cut and stuff like that. I'm the big dork and I'm trying to find myself, and so are our students. And you're trying to educate them. I want you to be you, but also you got to remember when it's time to be quiet or respectful or what. And uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's tricky. Yeah, totally is. Was there anything that surprised you about teaching? Because it sounds like you were once you knew that you were going to switch, you'd thought about volunteering. Like you had some interest in working with kids. You were passionate about the subject and about teaching, and had fun doing it. What surprised you? Um, what totally surprised me is well, how much the students really don't listen to you. I thought, you know, boom. <laughs> well, every every day I'm still surprised. I'm always amazed. It's like, what? Hello, I'm God. I am I am going to save you. And yet you don't listen to me? How can this be? Is it my charisma? Is it who am I? Is it because I'm this? I don't know. Um, the challenge has been that kids really at you know you want them to listen and they pick up 
the weirdest things. I just gave an assignment where they had to write four paragraphs, not even a five paragraph essay. I was going for of for the comparing common good and civil and your basic rights and individual rights. So you have the Bill of Rights, individual freedoms, but then you see how the government has said it's for the common good and will suspend some of these rights. And we used um, order Executive Order nine zero six six, which is the Japanese internment camp for Franklin Roosevelt. For those of you who don't remember, um, thank you. Yes. Um, no, it's February second, nineteen forty-three, and I only know that because we just studied it. It's not like it's stuck in my mind. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then we looked at the Patriot Act, and as I'm giving this lesson, I'm expecting kids. Okay, this violated this amendment because of this, and the internment camps were a violation of this because of that, and the Patriot Act that it took away this freedom. That's what I'm thinking. And I would talk off the cuff on some subjects, topics relating to both of them, all this stuff. And I see it in their papers and they didn't even take notes. And I'm going, you remember this, but you can't remember to turn on this one assignment. You, what? And some like, did you even read the question? Cause you're going off on one of my mini lectures and you almost repeated it verbatim. So were you recording me? I don't get it. So that's been a challenge, but that's the goofiness of middle school. So. Yeah. <laughs> what sticks in their brain. Yes. Who knows? Um, and what has been frustrating about being a teacher, if anything? <laughs> um, I don't want to complain too much because people You've say, You've talked wow. a lot about benefits, so I wouldn't worry too much okay. about complaining. Um, no, I wasn't going to complain too much because, you know, we do get – Two weeks off of Christmas, or I'm sorry, winter break. Um, two weeks off, you know, week off in spring. Sometimes week off in you know February, and and roughly about eight weeks off in the summer. And people are like, "Well, you get all this time off." And I'm like, "True, you spend those you know seven and a half hours a day with middle school kids who you really can't control because you're not their parent, and you're very limited at times. You know, we're trying to be peaceful and stuff. Um, we need that time off." I'm not going to take that away. There are some issues. I mean, truly, at times there's a frustration in this district, the lack of big-time support from our central district. We're very disconnected there. Um, disappointment and, at times, fairness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I came from – excuse me. I came from Rainier Beach, Aki Karosi, mm-hmm. probably – two out of the top four economically deprived. Rainier Beach, you walk two and a half blocks and you've got a million and a half dollar home to a five million dollar home on the water of Lake Washington right across the street from Rainier Beach or literally the projects. Mm-hmm. And the disparity that these kids faced and the fact that they're still there. Um Rainer Beach had been remodeled at times and was getting remodeled. This, they were really trying to do this at the time. They called the Southeast Initiative, which is really great. Mm-hmm. But it's for all schools. I think that's been a challenge. I look at... And do you think that's a challenge teaching or or more, I guess, bureaucratic or more societal or more all of that? I mean... It's all of what, it. Yeah. It truly is. I mean, our district is way too big, geographically speaking, there's been always a racial line divide at the ship canal. Um, It's becoming more gentrified. So 
districts are pushing. Um, so the little pockets of poverty that exist at times, I think, get ignored by our society, even though I think we try and do good. Um, I look at also our teachers. Sometimes it's our union that I think gets in the way. I'm not a big I'm a big union supporter, but also I'm a big union basher. Um, because <laughs> so, I think. So, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Both. Like, yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's been the challenges. I mean, it'd be nice if every school had a $100,000 budget just for supplies, you know, that you could get the stuff you needed. I mean, they say use technology. Um, the push drive for technology. We're in the heartbed of the second biggest tech center in the in the in the world or in the United States at least, um, outside of you know San Jose, San Francisco area. Mm-hmm. And we got squat at times. I mean, we're in my classroom right now, and I am jerry rigged a screen. Someone did for our, at least we got a brand new projector, which is nice. Yeah. But I look at it and go, okay. You know, there's other things we could have done. Mm-hmm. The building's old. I'm going to complain. I'm in the Northeast District where the average medium income probably for every student here, if you just did the median income, is probably around $125,000. I can't complain. I mean, you know what I mean? It's tough right, to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. fix our school. But there's sometimes equity there. But maybe I'm just crying over spell mark or whatever the saying should be. You know, it's like, whatever, since I've always destroyed my euphemisms or sayings. <laughs> Um, and do you think, I guess, like, if you were in a downtown office kind of position, like, what do you think the solution or is there a solution um, that they haven't tried necessarily? No. The solution um, is... Not that it's an easy problem. No. But I guess I mean, what are what are things you would do differently? Well, I'm somewhat of a big government Democrat in my beliefs at times. Um, I totally understand the individual rights and the state's rights. I'm a history teacher, for God's sake. Um, I understand that, but I also understand that we need to really radically change our morals and beliefs. It truly is a mindset of, Education. I mean, if you went around this country, I, I believe this. If you went around the country and asked individual people, you'd always they say, yes, education is really important, da-da-da. But it becomes a, a NIMBY product not in my backyard slash don't tax me slash type of thing. Um, so it becomes a challenge. If I was king for a day, <laughs> right. I would definitely turn around and look at every corporation and say, we give you these tax breaks? I'm sorry. I understand why you do it, but you leave, you take jobs away. I would find a way to make sure every district is totally funded. I mean, every state should not have a ranking of, ooh, you know, at one time back in 1982, California was fourth in spending per student. But then there's people decided, no, we're not going to tax our property anymore. Granted, California is a huge state. It kind of makes sense at times. But if you stop taxing, increasing the tax rate, your in, your spending per student stops. Mm-hmm. So they went from 4th to 44th in like five years. Mm-hmm. And they're the largest state. 
but people said, no, don't tax me more. Well, hello, do you believe in this or not? Mm. How do you pay it? Right. And you look at the countries like Denmark, Iceland, Greenland, Finland, more Nordic countries that truly say, no, this is what we value. So you got to do a, a huge mental change. And the only way that can happen is I, you know, either become a dictator, take over the world and, <laughs> or, you know, one baby step at a time and hopefully in five generations that'll happen or we'll be, you know, nothing. What, so kind of switching gears a little bit and thinking about kind of going back to your teaching rather than big top, what, what are moments that have made you feel like a good teacher? Like I'm doing things right. Um, had nothing to do with subjects. It had to do with relationships. Um, as I, I tell people this is that there have been some moments in my in my teaching career, and I was pausing for a second. One was how I've had individual teachers come up and say, "It sucks that you had to leave," or "We really want you back." So that makes me feel good. I don't know if it's because I am lighthearted. I don't take things seriously. I, you know, I'm a raw, raw. We can do this, and in the big picture of things, does it really matter for this one day if they don't get to learn about an Ignatius rock to a sedimentary rock? And I think I just blew that. I'm sorry, Miss All Sep. <laughs> um, but you know, let's be real seriously here. Um, two biggest moments, three biggest moments in my teaching career occurred all at Rainier Beach. First year teaching, teaching biology, as I said, and I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. I'm, you know, not even staying a chapter ahead. I'm maybe staying a page ahead, and half the time I'm winging it. And half the time the kids are controlling me, and I'm not controlling them. Um, there was a student there, and I can't believe I've just spaced on her name, but that's old age. And we were talking, and I knew she was sexually active with her boyfriend, and I said, you know, just as long as you're protective. I'm your biology teacher. Are you, you know, are you on the pill or are you using a condom because you don't want to get pregnant? And we were talking, and then for some reason we got on what she wanted to do for her future. And she said, I wanted to be a singer. I'm like, great. Singing's awesome. Um, and I gave her the quick, you know, this is how much you earn if you drop out high school, you know, that whole chart. And I know the numbers weren't 100% accurate, but it doesn't matter. It's right. just let's show the her idea. the numbers yep. and what you, the potential of earning. And then I said, okay, so here you are. And say you don't graduate high school and you want to move out. And so this is what the average rent is. Do you have a phone? And this is before smartphones. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. do you got a phone? Do you want to watch cable? So I started doing the cost. Now let's throw a kid in there. And so I'm doing this stuff. And she got really scared and big-eyed. And I'm like, yeah. This now, did this reality. conversation come up because she was th- – like, was she at risk of dropping out? No, of? but – But it was just kind of a conversation, conversation that you were having yeah. with her about her future. Right. Okay. And so she says, okay, I get it. I want to go to college. I'm like, yes, you do. So month, month and a half, two months go by. And my room is in a corner on the second floor. So it's right by some steps. I'm going up the stairs. And there she was hanging out with friends. I'm talking, and I'm putting the key in my door to unlock it, and I hear the word pregnant. And I stop, and I look. And she looks right at me and goes, It ain't me, Mr. C. (laughs) I know what I want to do with my life. And I went, 
could. So that made me feel good. And another time that I was knew I was doing a good job was when a another student of mine at Rainer Beach, junior, didn't have enough credits, came in. She was crying and asked her what's going on. And we started talking, and then I realized, okay, this is pretty serious. Um, so I just told my students, instead of sending it to the counselor, what I did is I said, told my students, this is what you need to do, do it, turn my back to them, and we just faced the chalkboard, and we started talking, and I found out that she was really upset because she found out she couldn't walk with her mm-hmm. classmates um, because not enough credits. Right. And so we started talking, and I find out that she doesn't live with her parents. Mm-hmm bad situation she was living with her auntie and uncle and it turns out that they demanded a lot of work from her so she really couldn't attend school at times so you don't attend you fail can't do it but she also told me she had a serious boyfriend who was 19 but he was in the electronics he was the electricians union he was an apprentice so he had a real job and was getting a career and he lived at home with his mom and she got along with her boyfriend's mom. So we're talking, and I bring up part of my life and how, you know, at times I didn't always get along with my mom. In fact, there was a two-year split from us for a while, and it wasn't the best. Um, I know I could have handled it differently. But I told her, if you're 16 and going on 17, and you really want to do something, it's time for you to make a good decision. You've got to understand stuff. She was 17, actually. You need to understand that you're in charge of your life. Mm-hmm. So my question is, if your boyfriend's mom's pushing you for education, if your boyfriend's mom is saying this is what you need to do, and you and your boyfriend really get along, and you get along with her, why aren't you with them? Mm-hmm. Because you can be. And we started talking about some alternatives. I'm like, there's a school called Nova I know of. Mm-hmm. I know it probably would not be a good fit for her, but there's other times where you can get the credits to graduate. And so we talked the entire period. Mm-hmm. And I printed up some stuff for her, and I sent her on her way. And the next day, she came running into me and says, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. She goes, okay, can we talk to the guy from Nova? I'm like, sure, why not, you know? And she's like, okay, okay, I'm really scared. But my boyfriend's mom said, you know, where'd you get this information? Da-da-da, really mm-hmm. want to know stuff. And she's like, okay, that sounds like the school for you. And she was like, I'm really, really scared. I don't know what to say. And I told her, just go tell the truth. Here's my phone. Go in the back room. Mm-hmm. Talk. And she talked to him for probably about a half hour. Just called the principal up. Right, okay. And came out with the biggest smile and said... I'm not going to Nova. I'm like, okay. But, (laughs) oh my gosh, you should have heard him. He was so proud of me that I was taking control of my education, that I was doing this. And she gave me a big hug and says, and it's okay if I'm not going to walk with my my classmates. I know what I'm going to do. And so I'm like, there you go. I mean, I didn't teach her anything about biology. I just taught her life. And I think that's truly what I try and do. I mean, once again, it's skills, not content so those are the two biggest besides the other one when a guy said he'll never forget what i told him he'll never and what was that uh that's a good question um 
another guy from Rainier Beach. We I never had him as a student. We just talked, started talking, and he was a track star and got a scholarship to the Lower Marymount. And I just told him more about life and college, what to expect. And mm-hmm. at graduation, he gave me a big hug and says, "I'm never for gonna, I'm never going to forget what you told me, Mister C." And I get all verklempt. So then I went over to the Brooklyn and had a shot of whiskey and you know. <laughs> That's how we deal. But that, but I was also with some other colleagues celebrating, you know, this all. Right, right. So, cool. Yeah. What advice do you have for people who want to be teachers? Don't. <laughs> I can't handle the competition. Um, <laughs> I think you're pretty good. Nah. We love you here. Thanks. Um, I would say... No matter how passionate you are, it's usually people who are the most passionate are the ones who are going to burn out the fastest because they don't know how to pace. We know colleagues who are starting to burn out, and part of it is the areas they want to teach in. Mm-hmm. Part of it is the fact that they put so much effort. Remember the book of the girl who did all the after school did all that after school programs and they wrote a book and I mean it was amazing and it became a movie and uh, oh this was yeah, back in like maybe. five six seven years ago um, maybe there was this a dynamic familiar. teacher who made all these lives different for mm-hmm, these kids mm-hmm. in writing and they wrote their stories right 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 well there are always those stories yeah. right like there's the hero teacher well, the woman myth. ends up well, yeah the myth. <laughs> and then a few that actually do it yeah that this are woman intense it was an amazing teacher. But she lasted five years, and in that five years got a divorce because she spent 24-7 and got totally burned out. That doesn't help. She did. It was amazing. She affected some kids. Without her, those kids' lives would have been a lot different probably. But the point is, if you burn out, you burn out. That doesn't help my, my profession, what I care about. My biggest advice is to pace. Be passionate. Be committed. Be be all that you can be to coin a you know to borrow a phrase, but truly, if you overwork yourself, you don't do anybody any good. And so that's my biggest advice: if you're gonna want to be a teacher, you really gotta pace yourself. Have you ever thought about leaving teaching? Oh, every day. <laughs> no, um, no, actually. I think you knew this. I applied to be the house admin. Really? Oh, yeah. wait. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for yeah. this year. Yeah, for this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Applied for the house admin mainly to try and save jobs when we all got displaced. Right. You know, I was like, I'll fall on the sword for a year and I'll get out of teaching for a year. It'll be awesome. All I have to do is <laughs> grading, please. Oh, by the way, uh, grading sucks. Um, <laughs> Librarian is awesome. <laughs> hate you. Um, the... So I was going to do that, and once we found out that people's jobs and you know most of our friends and colleagues were back or at a different school, everyone was happy. I was like, oh, nothing big. But then I said, oh, okay, I'm going to apply for this. And it was my wife, Kim, who made me take it seriously because I knew Sherry wasn't going to read any of the questions. <laughs> Sherry didn't give a rat's butt. It was really between you know me and Kristen Bailey. Yeah. And the third person was a sacrificial lamb right. okay. because she had to. And so I'm sorry. I hope that third person does not realize this. Um, I hope it's just not one of your My five 80, listeners. Million, <laughs> 80 million listeners. You're going against uh, – Soon to be 80 million. Soon, yeah. soon to be. You're going to take on the almighty powerful um, This American Life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Kick their ass. Um, <laughs> the issue is – so anyway. Um, and so I did try to take it seriously. And I was 
doing this stuff. And for the first time in my life, I was never nervous with this interview, even though I knew all the three people. That sometimes makes it more nerve-wracking because you're like – Oh, my gosh. Of course. Yeah. You're like, now they're judging me, and yeah. normally they don't necessarily judge me. Well, they may judge me, uh... but not in a serious context. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not in a job, and then they have to tell me if I don't get the job. Yeah. Awkward. And I realized that maybe I will become an administrator. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And Hillary, as good as she is, and as I will say sometimes naive as she is – love you, Hillary um, – she's like, I'd follow you anywhere. I'm like – that could be over a waterfall. I would not be sure <laughs> if you want that. But, yeah, that would be me, in a sense, leaving teaching, you know. But so maybe getting, like, admin certification. Yeah, but never, never. But you're in the field of education. Yeah. You're here to stay. Unless I win the lottery. Unless, well, unless we all win the lottery. <laughs> then we get to do whatever we want, yeah, right? It's $360 million. <laughs> then you can go back to volunteering at your high school and not have to grade. That is what I want. <laughs> I.e. Mr. Drummond. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think those are the questions that I have. I mean, I could talk to you for ages, but I really appreciate you talking to me. And, uh, yeah, I will see you tomorrow. <laughs> yes. No, it was my pleasure. This was awesome. Thank you so much. That's the end of my show. Thanks for listening. You can find future episodes on adequateyearlyprogress.com, iTunes, and now the Microsoft Podcast app. Thanks to the band Inspira's song, Follow the Waves, for the upbeat music you are dancing to right now. Thanks to freesound.org for the Creative Commons license for user S-B-Y-A-N-D-I-J-I's alarm bell sound, user Totia's yeah sound, and user Mental Sanity off for the background chatter sound. Thanks to all of you for listening, and talk to you next on March 22nd.